Welcome to the Cool Girls Only podcast, where we talk about the excitement and uncertainty of navigating our 20s. I'm Jordan. And I'm Maddie. A cool girl is on a journey to becoming her best self, and we're here to share our thoughts and learnings every Friday with you. Welcome to Cool Girls Only. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How's your week going? It's been really good. We booked some Portugal experiences for our trip. So we had, I actually had like an Airbnb gift card from my old manager, which was super nice of him. But so we've been using that, booking some Airbnb experiences. I'm very excited. Oh my God. Your trip is coming up so fast guys. She's going to Portugal in May. <laughs> in no, April. April. We're going to, yeah, yeah, literally like in a few <laughs> weeks. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be so much fun. Oh my gosh. I'm jealous. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm ready. I'm just ready for like a week off of work. Like a full week without working is going to be wild. There's nothing like it. Speaking of work, how's your, how's your new job going? This is oh your first God. week. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's been really good. It's been a nice slow start. My team is awesome. It's just been great. Like I am really excited. Um, but yeah, it was nice and like highly, highly recommend between jobs, taking time off. Cause like I was saying just two seconds ago, having a week off, there's nothing like it, but having a week more than a week off between jobs, there's really nothing like it. Cause it's like when you're on vacation at work, you still have things on your mind. Like you still have like, yeah, yeah. It's in the back of your head emails, Mm -hmm. but when you're off between jobs, you truly, truly have nothing. It really is. Yeah. But so that was good. Like it was nice coming into this job with like a clear head, just chill, you know, but yeah, well, we can kind of transition into this episode because guys, it's kind of like a pinch me moment. This conversation was amazing. We have the lovely Eva Goikochea on the podcast this week. She's the founder of Mod. We had a lovely conversation with her in person and it's pretty short, but it's honestly all the info you need. We kept it quick. We kept it all like relevant information and like good takeaways. So I'm like pumped. I absolutely loved recording this episode. Eva was like the most down to earth, like cool founder. I don't know. I just, I don't know what you expect, but for some reason, when I know people like run a business and they're like a boss ass bitch, it's always intimidating. Cause you're like, wow, you've done all these cool things. And now you're in a room on a podcast with us. Like this is crazy, but no, I agree. It was such a good conversation. It was amazing meeting her. I love this episode. It's, it's a good one. And we both love mod. Like we both have mod oh, products yeah. and I mean, I'm just obsessed. I think the sexual wellness space needed a refresh and now you can shop at Sephora. You can literally get, you don't need to shop anywhere else. You can get everything you need now at Sephora. Yeah. One stop skincare, makeup, vibrators, whatever you need. (laughs) I love that. That's so exciting. Yeah. It's very exciting. So obviously mod is our rec for the week and Eva let us know like you guys can go to mods website and sign, once you sign up for their email list, you'll get $5 off your first purchase. So definitely go check it out. They also just launched a new category. They launched libido gummies. So it's like gummy vitamin. Yeah. Just so many amazing products they have at mods. So definitely go check it out. And anything else to add Jordan before we get into the episode? 
No, I mean, we've expressed how obsessed we are with their products. We know like we, Maddie and I both love their aesthetics so much too. Like right now, just like go on your phone, go look up their website, browse. It is just gorgeous. So not only are the products actually like amazing, but they look great too. Yes. And sorry for how many times we said aesthetic in this episode, (laughs) probably like so annoying, but the branding is on point. That's all I can say. A hundred percent. All right, guys. Well, we'll get into today's episode with Eva. Eva, (laughs) so nice to see you. So we kind of just want to start out, like, could you give our listeners like a little background on like what Mod is? Yeah. Mod is a modern sexual wellness company, as you both know, um, that was started in 2018. So we're actually about to be four years old. Um, yay, yay. Yeah. And it's a gender inclusive, age inclusive sexual wellness company that offers like the basics. So we have condoms, lubes, a vibe. Um, we're launching a new category in a few days. Yeah, and then we have bath and body products um, and massage candles. So it's really about intimacy, and our Mm -hmm. tagline's modern intimacy. um, And we're sold online and then in really cool retailers. So like Sephora, like like Sephora, Sephora. like a huge (laughs) accomplishment. So you're in Sephora. What other retailers are you in too? We're in Nordstrom. We're in Bloomingdale's, Lord and Taylor, um, Detox Market. There's a bunch. Yeah. Okay. So everyone can find you everywhere. Exciting. Amazing. Okay. So let's get into how this idea came to you originally. Okay. Let's do this short story. So people don't <laughs> um, for me, I, in my early career, I was legislative aid in healthcare, which was a detour, which story for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and it, it was really interesting to me to sort of be exposed to like, what is health and wellness mean to a consumer and how much access do they have? And like, what are the what are the barriers to, to really being able to talk about that stuff? So that's kind of, we can talk more about that later, but, um, and then I went back into marketing, which is what I studied. And I ended up working at Everlane as one of their first employees and as an organic or at an organic cosmetic company. And I really, I loved working there, but I wanted to do something in health. And I started looking around in like 2015 and, and this, this conversation started with friends and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is it. This is the, this is the industry that I want to sort of take on because I mm-hmm. think that it's so needed and customers it, are desperate yeah. for a different take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I feel like mod is definitely filling such a white space. Like in this market, it's unreal. Yeah, I think yeah. we did a big survey before we launched and 98% of people between the ages of 18 and 81 said the same thing. They were like, mm-hmm. sure, you can go on a drugstore aisle and it's still uncomfortable. It's really outdated. And it doesn't make it talking about, you know, it doesn't make talking about the subject easier. Yeah, so true. When, so obviously this idea comes to you, you're passionate about it, you have some experience in it. When did you know you wanted to like form a brand and create products and, and kind of come up with this whole business? It's so funny because you think about like day one to where you are now, and I'm sure you probably feel (laughs) the same way with the podcast. It's, um, the thing that I did, which is really not the way to do it is that I put up a website when I first 
was started working on the idea. And that was in 2015. And it was like half-baked. It wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was building websites for people and building brands because when I left Everlane, that's what I started doing. And then I was like, oh, wait a second. If I'm going to build product, how long is this going to take, et cetera? So when it really started going was in 20, like I moved to, to New York in 2016 from LA. I sold my house. My husband and I moved here. And then started fundraising in 2017. So it was like, okay. it was two years from the time we talked about this until I actually started putting the docs together. Like legally, it became a thing. And then it was like one foot in front of the other to launch. So it's been a long journey. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I feel like it always is. Did you have like a mentor or anyone like who kind of helped you along the way? Because I feel like when you're starting something, it's just, like you just don't know where to begin. Right. I mean, all founders say the same thing. Like you just have to figure it out. But did you have any like anyone mentoring or anyone you could kind of go to? No, I think that probably the most relevant experience for me to know what to do was coming from being at Josie Marin Cosmetics before Everlane and then being at Everlane because mm-hmm. I was at those places when they were companies of 30 and under. So yeah. I was just getting my hands really dirty mm-hmm. and seeing everything. And and so that was really helpful. And then when I moved here, I started taking like classes because I didn't go to, I didn't go to business school. I needed to like just learn the language. So for me, it was more just, it was being curious and going out and getting and anyone can take the classes that I took so it was just doing that first but there was not one person that gave me complete advice I just think I was around people who were building businesses so it felt like I was kind of learning from many people yeah Yeah. okay let's see what advice do you have for female founders especially Latinas and women of color who are just getting started with their brand (sighs) There's so much advice. I don't know. It's like, um, I think the first thing is to, you know, I think you have to come to terms with the fact that you're going to be in a sea of people who don't look like you. That's just the nature of Mm -hmm. um, startups. It's the nature of funding. So you have to be comfortable with that. And I think my advice is to just, I, I said this actually to some founders yesterday, whatever you build, it's not you. It cannot be synonymous with you. You cannot be so tied to it that you like go to sleep at night thinking that it's where your self-worth comes from. In order to build a business, no matter if you're a Latina woman or somebody else, if you let it become you, I think it can really easily sort of destroy you and or turn you into a monster. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, you need, I think you need to just recognize like you are building something, you are shepherding it and you believe in it. Um and if you can create that disconnect, then I think you will be able to, like, make the right decisions as you go along. Because you're going to hit a lot of roadblocks. That's just how it is. No matter who you are, you hit roadblocks. Yeah. Do you feel like it was almost like being – because obviously you're emotionally invested in this. Like, this is something you've spent so much time creating. But do you think, like, part of that detachment is to make sure that you're, like, level-headed with the business decisions? Okay. Yeah, because if you're going to take on investment, they're investing in you as a – business leader they're not investing in like it's not a personal it's not your money right mm-hmm. so it's you have to guard it you're basically the agent of this money you mm-hmm. have to take this and do something with it and so it's a heavy responsibility and that means that you need to be able to look at it as objectively as possible and make the right business decisions and if it's so tied up in those things then you're going to just be emotional and you're going to make and don't get me wrong i made a million mistakes i think it's just more about like okay, I'm going to go to sleep at night. And no matter if it's a good day or a bad day, if we're in vogue or not, 
it's not going to make me think differently about myself because those aren't the things that will define me. Um, maybe for the outside world, but like on a personal level, they're not mm-hmm. the things that define me. Yeah. I think that's a great piece of advice. And kind of speaking about the money aspect, <laughs> you've raised ten million over $10 million, which is an amazing accomplishment. What like has been your biggest learning process during the VC process or something you wish you knew before? I think it's mostly knowing the timing of when to raise money and what to be asking for and really making sure that in the early days, it does feel like it's about you. You feel like you're pitching yourself in the idea, especially if you haven't launched yet, because you're just like hoping that they believe in you. But at the same time, if you're really able to be like, look, this is a great business and a good business is a good business is a good business, right? If this is a good business to invest in, here's why, et cetera. So I think it's like, if you're going to raise, you need to know those, you need to know the unit economics, you need to know why you need the money, where you're going to put it, how you believe you're going to get somewhere. And then you kind of have to map out, like, are you going to need more money? Probably. So it's, it's just about mapping it out. And I kind of always say like, let the math do the talking. Mm -hmm. Um, because otherwise I think people, you're trying to mitigate risk when you raise that's what you're doing when you're talking to them. You're trying to say like, I can take this on this gamble and you will, you will get your money back. So you've just Mm got to be able to speak in those terms. Totally. So I think we have some listeners. I mean, we have a lot of different listeners. Our podcast is really focused on like your twenties and just everything that goes along with it. But some of our listeners, you know, would like to start a business or entrepreneurs or are, we've had conversations with other people who are, you know, starting business that are like just about to get started in the VC process. So I think it's helpful to see, obviously everyone's journey is different, Yeah. but did like how, how did did you launch it before you had money or did you do like a friends and family round? Did you like what did that process kind of look like, like getting started with that? So we had to raise money in order to get it off the ground. There was just no way to buy product otherwise. And nobody I mean, I always make the joke like no one's grandma was around to say like, here's a hundred thousand dollars to buy a bunch of condoms. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think it was really important that we and that's why I raised. I mean, it's obviously a very big industry there. There's so many other considerations for why you should raise money. I think raising money has become glorified and some businesses don't need to raise money or shouldn't raise money. So mm-hmm. in our case, we needed to. Um, and the f- the first round was friends and family. It was probably like our biggest, it was our biggest round in terms of number of people who wrote checks. And it was like, I took like $1,000 checks and $5,000 checks from like my friends. Yeah. Um, we did have a lead and that really helped. Um, but it was cobbling it together. When you first start, that's what you do. And all you need to think about is once you get the money, make sure you can get from there to the next like goalpost because you're going to need more and you're going to have to be able to hit those metrics. It's not going to save you. You're not going to put the money in the bank and then feel like you've arrived. That's mm-hmm. not what happens. It's like more money, more problems, truly. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so you just need to know that and then be like, very focused to get to the next place. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great advice. So off off of the money topic, I'd love to go back to Maud. So we, we're kind of looking at your website, the Instagram. Love it. Love it. So aesthetic. I mean, yes. The aesthetic <laughs> is just on point, of course. Um, but we, you know, like to talk about taboo topics in our podcast a lot. And sex has always been a very taboo topic. Um, and we think that, you know, Maude does such a great job of really focusing on, like, the sexual education portion. 
and just seeing like the different posts you have and the different articles you have really like explaining different things related to sexual education. Why was that like sexual education pillar really important for you when starting mod or was it or did it become more important as you went on no it was the i think it was the most important thing and it uh, it wasn't that out of the gate we knew we would partner with an organization i think that was something that we had to grow into because we couldn't give them money at the beginning um so i've said this again and again but like sex is human right and what you mm-hmm. see in the world is often not as diverse as the general population. So when you're thinking about sex, you're like, look, sex is for everybody. And yet we all can't find what we're looking for, for some reason or another. So how can we create a, like a product line that in, in and of itself educates, makes you feel like, okay, I've never had a vibrator before, but this is just a basic and I can figure this out. Or I, you know, I am embarrassed to buy condoms because I'm no longer an 18-year-old boy and Trojan only speaks to 18-year-old boys and I'm a True. woman. I've always been a woman. That sounded funny, but you know what I mean? Um, it's it's just this idea that like you should be able to access and use these products for the rest of your adult life. So ultimately that's education and access. And so we wanted to we wanted to create products that did that and facilitated that. And then being able to actually give back to organizations that focus on sex ed um, and legislative like advocacy was really critical because as you probably both know sex ed in this country is completely disparate depending on where you go so insane it's an it's insane and a lot of it is not required to be medically accurate so that's where it was coming from i will say though that we didn't think oh we should become the next WebMD. there are some brands that have popped up in this space and they're like it's going to be all clinical and i think sex is also about emotion and intimacy yeah. right so we didn't want to be totally sterile but yeah and I also feel like when like when we talk about sexual education I feel like some people are just like like you said WebMD like yeah. am I mm-hmm. just gonna be reading something and like not really know what they're referencing right. to but trying to figure out in my head and my previous experience and like Mod literally has like blog posts about how to use your vibrator yeah. like yeah and it's not like I don't know. Sometimes I feel like you're reading these this content and you're reading between the lines like, okay, I know how to turn it on, but how do I actually what do? I do? <laughs> yeah, like I don't want to watch a YouTube video right now or like ask my friend. I just want to like read something that's accurate, but mm-hmm. not like medical. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like Mod is serving that. Like, fully. Yeah, it's a great balance. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I will tell our uh, head of content. <laughs> she is amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's meant to... Just from a SEO perspective or from, like, we don't have a huge team, so we weren't going to take on WebMD. Yeah. Is there a need to have sort of a compendium of knowledge? Sure. But I don't – I think you can find the clinical perspective, and you should find the medically accurate perspective from trusted sources. I think Maud just tries to have, like, the basic framework for how to use our products and then, you know, sort of culture and design and intimacy layered onto that. Love that. So we did want to know, too, like, we both have mod products. We wanted to know what your favorite mod product is. This is if like you had to pick me one. If I, have I, know. A I know. Your favorite it's I know. If you <laughs> had to pick. So or I, a top three. <laughs> I use Wash every day. Uh, I think it's one of our unsung heroes. It's, a, it's formulated to be both a body wash and a bubble bath. Um, and I think that they 
we have three, one's unscented and two scents and they smell amazing. Um, and the unscented is great just to use everywhere because it is, um, fragrance free is like ultimately what you should be using if you're going to wash down there. So wash, um, the massage candle. I mean, it's so great. I have it. I know it's amazing. (laughs) But, um, and then oil in the winter, I feel like I'm super dry and it's just always nice, but it's usually the body products because I feel like who doesn't like the vibe like that, you know, of course, but I think, I think (laughs) I'm excited by realizing that the products exist in my day-to-day life, even if it's not explicitly an intimate time. So I think that's like what the point was and, and it makes me feel like, okay, this makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I literally love your products. I love the packaging. We were just talking literally before you got here about how like just it just matches our aesthetic so well. Like we <laughs> love it. Um and I was so excited to see it on Sephora. Like I think it was before like you you guys had posted about it or anything cuz I was just kind of scrolling through their brands and I think they had it up like coming soon or something. And I was like, "Oh my god, that's amazing." Yeah. How has it been since then because I know Sephora really, you know, takes on brands that they can grow mm-hmm. with. And I think that's just so special to be a part of. And I would love to hear like how the journey has been so far. It's pretty surreal. I mean, we're one of only two brands. So that's a big deal. I think it it leaves a lot of room for feeling like we can be their partner because we're not following in the footsteps of anyone, which is really sometimes scary, but also like a really big opportunity. Um, that's where I always wanted us to be. And it's not because we're not gender inclusive. I know Sephora's audience is primarily women, but I think for us, it was more, if it can be, if it can be on the shelf next to like this beautiful skincare or beauty, I think people will recognize that that's like how elevated the category should be because you should want to feel something. It should be evocative. It should be like beautiful. So it had to go there before it went to like mass, before it went to drug, because those places aren't ready and they'll still yeah. merchandise our products in a way that just feels pretty like, I yeah. always say like transactional. Yes. So Sephora was our dream and we are there and I'm like, oh my God. What is oh my God. How is this real Where life? Am I? <laughs> well, huge congrats again. Thank yes. you. So amazing. One Q&A question from our listeners that was kind of recurring, like a few different people asked about it, and they were wondering, like, if you have any tips on building out a team. Yeah, I think that's a really big one. Um, and it's in it. People are the hardest part of the business because you're talking about people's dynamics and their own emotional like what are they bringing what's the eq that they're bringing to the table which i think is really important so my advice for building team is to try to map out who you need and then where they can go within the organization because i think what i've seen a lot of founders do especially at very fast growing companies we're we're fast growing in some ways but we don't hire a ton so what I've seen is people like just hire for the need now and they don't think about where the person can go. And I think that's really myopic and, and I don't think you should do that. So you need to be like, I need to hire this person. And I hope that in two years they'll become X, Y, and Z, and then we'll hire this way. If you can do that, I think you will then feel like you are making an investment and you will make better decisions around who to hire and why. And you will also hopefully gain the trust of the rest of the team to say like, this is going to be your comrade for a while. Like hopefully they can chime in and make sure that it's the right person for the team too. So I think democratizing the process and just having a lot of vision around where they're going to go. Yeah. I mean, I think that's good advice for anyone. I mean, we're both in nine to five jobs and we, 
you know, we just know team is everything. Like I have, you know, really seen how team can impact like your work. Like you really, if you're have a great team and they're supportive and really help you grow, I think you're more likely to do really well in your role and succeed. So I think that's really good advice. Yeah. And you're more likely to respect like the manager or the owner in like your case, you know what I mean? Like Maddie and I right now are kind of in opposite situations where like her team is like all over the place, like Mm -hmm. fires everywhere. And my team is like for the first time in my work experience, really, really solid. And it feels so different. You know what I mean? And like our manager literally is like, if you guys need more help with things, we can hire someone, but where are they going to go in a year? Like she literally said that to us on a call and we were all like, Hmm. Um, yeah like that makes a way to leave exactly and then it also shows you like as the employee that my manager cares about my development because they're not just gonna like have a ton of people walk in and grow this business like you said and then not know where they're gonna go starting and running a business is like playing whack-a-mole every day (laughs) and you don't need to make the team feel that way too I think like the the idea that somebody would come in and they're essentially a temporary fix is like why there's no reason you can you can bring in somebody who just I mean we just actually I, I was late because I was at an interview with someone and they have multiple interests and the role that it is you know the role that is now will not be the role forever but if we can talk about where they can go then maybe that person will will join us knowing that they will then sharpen their focus and like they will invest their time and energy and it won't be a waste of anyone's time so it's even if you don't have the empathy because a lot of people who start businesses don't have empathy which is another topic I think (laughs) recognize that it's a waste of time and energy and money if you if you hire that way yeah yeah Yeah. no it definitely is all right we need to ask you because we're obsessed so (laughs) So we love Dakota Johnson and we want to hear from you. Like what was the goal behind having her a part of mod? How did that come about? Tell us all about it. I also love Dakota. She's amazing. (laughs) Um, No, she, so her team approached me. I didn't know it was for her. They approached me and said, we're interested in talking to you about maybe partnering with a celebrity. And I was like, no way. (laughs) Um, no interest I think I've always considered again to go back to our earlier discussion like I've always considered mod of the people it's it's our customers company and I don't want somebody to become the face because it could it's just a disservice right so that was my initial take but I I also was like okay but if it happens to be Dakota Johnson I'll have this conversation (laughs) with you and the reason I felt that way was because she has a sensibility offline, right? She doesn't post a ton. She's a very private person. She's thoughtful. If you see her in interviews, she's like funny and interesting and engaging. Um, but then also she's taken on the topic of sex in, in a huge way and was not afraid to do that. If we put in somebody, there are plenty of famous people who are very smart and kind and wonderful humans, but they have never really taken on sex in that right. way. So it would have been disingenuous. So they were like, it's actually Dakota. <laughs> um, and then we got on a FaceTime call and immediately like just got along and knew that we were speaking the same lang- language. And it took a bit of time to sort of hammer out what does this look like if it's not. Um, she didn't want to be the face of mod, but like that's so much what she's used to that we just had to be really creative about ways that she can get involved and also recognize that she's very busy. So what can we really ask of her? And I was going to have to sort of give her quick and fast insight into how to build a business so that she knows what to ask for. So 
she's great. She's a good human, but she's so busy. And I think anybody, um, especially her, she's going to be the next Marvel star. Like mm-hmm. we tried to be really thoughtful about the time we spend with her. That way it really is a working relationship and not just, you know, a, a check-in and a way to like get a press story. So yeah. right. we were like stalking your Instagram before you walked in <laughs> and we saw the photo of you and her and we're like, this is iconic. Yeah. This <laughs> like, is really so major. Yeah. yeah. No, I was, I, I hate being in photos. So she, I was like, I'm so, thank you for your patience. I can't do this. I hate this. <laughs> um, that day was very funny because she is the consummate professional, but I was just like, I just can't, I can't, I can't. do this. <laughs> I was like, I need a shot of whiskey. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Literally for a photo shoot. (laughs) Uh, No, that's great. Yeah, we we love her. And I think, like you said, it's just a perfect match. It just makes sense. So I feel like everyone saw that photo and they were like, okay like this this, <laughs> this is makes it sense. yes yes <laughs> thank you i know people were like did you guys always have the same haircuts and i'm like i've had this haircut since i was a child <laughs> you're like hold up i know this before yeah <laughs> i was like i need you to find me a celebrity who has my haircut no oh my gosh. um so yeah love it awesome well this conversation has been amazing we have one final question which is like a question we ask all of our guests and it is what advice do you have what one piece of advice do you have for women in their 20s? Uh, enjoy it because suddenly you're 39 and you're like, where did time go? <laughs> um, no, I think that's really it, especially when you're living in New York. I mean, I spent my early 20s in New York and then turned around and went back to California, and I really sometimes regret it. Um, I think trust yourself. It's gonna Your life's going to go by so fast, and I know everybody says that, but it really is true. And so have fun. Don't... I know it's easy to compare yourself and to just sort of feel like you need to be an adult all the time, but like it is such a, such a special time. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. It's yes. a fun Let's time. Enjoy it. it is because then you're in your thirties and you're supposed to be kind of responsible. And then all of a sudden you're 40 and they're like, you're way, you're over the hill. And you're like, what happened? <laughs> time flies. It does. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so yes, much. Thank you. This was a wonderful conversation and we're just so excited to see where Mod goes. Like, just so many big changes. <laughs> I am too. I think the last thing I want to say is when you're building something, it's going to be simultaneously slow and fast. So enjoy it, but also have a lot of patience for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you want to stay up to date on everything for the Cool Girls Only podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at Cool Girls Only Podcast. And you can sign up for our monthly newsletter at coolgirlnews.com. All of our information is linked in the show notes. We would also love to hear any topics you're interested in or any guests that you think would be a good fit for the show. Feel free to send us a DM on Instagram. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time, cool girls.